This is episode 527 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, September 21st, 2018. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I will be talking about Shadows, colon, Awakening. Shh, don't wake them up. Oh, it doesn't matter, they're already awake. That's why it's called Awakening, and not the the sleepening. Uh, and that's pretty much all I want to be talking about, because I have put in about 15 or so hours into the game so far, and I know I'm getting around to the end of it. And I am really enjoying it. It's a isometric action RPG in the same vein of Diablo, Titan Quest, uh, Divinity, Original Sin 2, but that's uh, turn bases is real-time combat. And I have been very surprised. Like, there are little nitpicky things here and uh, ways I think they could have improved the overall user experience and just streamlined the experience. But overall, it's a very, very solid action rpg and i think what has surprised me the most is the story i am actually invested in the story i'm engaged by the story i like a lot of the side characters it's fully voice which is nice and the voice acting is pretty good it's you know not groundbreaking it's not like the most amazing performance i've ever heard but they're all really solid performances and i don't want to skip the voice work and just read it so that's something i so the way Shadow's Awakening works is that in the very beginning of the game, you are this demon, this devourer, and you are able to devour souls, specific souls. You don't get to choose which souls you'll end up uh, devouring, but you can devour certain souls, and then you can puppet their uh, earth, well, it's not earth, but their real world counterparts you can bring them back to life and puppet them but of course there's this question of of how how much control do you have or do these puppets have control over themselves after you bring them back to the world um and you can change between these two and there's the shadow realm and the regular realm uh and you can transition between these at any point there are enemies that can transcend both realms that are in both uh, usually demons and i think maybe and at least one other type um but there will be puzzles that will incorporate you going into the shadow realm to see how these objects are supposed to be facing and then you move them around there will be little like block uh puzzles where not block puzzles but an area that's full of a bunch of stones that you can walk onto and you need to uh, look into the shadow realm to see the path you need to take or else they'll be lit on fire and burn you up real good. And that that's what a lot of the puzzles are like. They're never too taxing, never too difficult. They have a few rotated ones where you have to rotate and have the little circles in a specific location. Um, but they're fun. They are good puzzles that are never too difficult but give you a nice little break in between all of the action and spider, scorpion killing. Um, But the thing about the story, going back to that, I like the story because while the overarching story, the main story, is very typical, unoriginal, okay, there are these baddies, and they're going to try and destroy the world or whatever, 
And then so this very powerful mage teamed up with this demon devourer, even though they don't really like each other, but they need to work together to stop this big bad from happening. Um, and he comes around and helps you out every now and again. Whatever. Who cares about that story? I don't care about that. But I like a lot of the side stories and the side characters. Uh, when you start the game, you pick one of three characters, uh, a mage, a ranger, or like a warrior. I pick the mage because I always pick the mage who is uh, Evia. And her personal story, because each of these characters has their own personal story in addition to the main story that follows their history. So it gives some reason to replay the game multiple times because you you will. it's not like Dragon Age or other games where you can run into the other characters um, and stuff like that. Uh, you will never meet up with the other characters that you didn't pick, the two other ones, because, of course, they weren't resurrected. Their soul wasn't taken and brought back to life, um, which is cool. I like that. It gives you uh, a personal take for your individual playthrough. So with mine, with Evia, she is trying to figure out what happened with her mother, who was the queen of mages or whatever, and there is this scepter that she's trying to f build and find all these pieces to and figure out what exactly happened and how she was like what brought her demise and all this stuff and it, it's an interesting little story for herself um and each of these characters also has a a length between their deaths so the mage evio was dead 325 years ago and then one of the other characters i think was a seven years ago and then the other one just died um one of the other characters i think the warrior he was the head of some not guild but like a little gang a group of ruffians and everyone thought he was dead but then when you come back as him they're like whoa i thought you were dead and you go back and you're trying to get back into your guild and be like i, I was the boss here and all that kind of stuff so because I, I dabbled with them just to see how different it was it was um but I like it. And then there are these a lot of side stories. You will uh, defeat certain enemies at points in the game that will introduce them to your squad. Because you can have up to, in addition to your devourer, your demon, you can have up to three characters with you that you can switch quickly. I'm playing on Xbox One. You switch between the characters with their bumpers. And it's very, it's, it's, the, the switching is very seamless. You, you just press it, boom, you're already a new character. Um, and... You have your various classes. One thing I do like and appreciate is that it doesn't force you to have one of each class. If you want to have three mages and just switch between three different mages who specialize in different elements, like here's my fire one, here's my ice one, here's my lightning one, you can do that. Um, at times you will have to bring in a specific uh, soul, a puppet, to get to a certain area. Uh, for instance, there's an area that's blocked off that is only these wolf people the i don't want to call them werewolves because um, i think they're just wolves all the time but in order to get in there you can you have to be a wolf and at a certain point in the story you will defeat a wolf take its soul and it'll be part of your group and then you'll have to take that one into your party so that you can get into that area um there's this hulking giant zombie skeleton that is massive and moves around incredibly slowly 
but it's big and strong and there are certain doors that are weak that only it can damage because it is so giant and just incredibly strong uh, I, I really like using that one to do, to fight off skeletons just because it's just bust them to smithereens um and yeah i i think even the side characters you find have good stories like the wolf especially who is a later game addition but he exiled himself from his clan after their big war and now his clan was struggling and everything they're starting to get back on their feet but he was like they they made it out to seem like he didn't exile himself like he was a general and that he was off doing this or that or whatever and he comes back and his life partner is very upset with him but he still has strong feelings for her he's been without a partner since he's exiled himself he he created he like built up his own gang and all that but he's he hasn't gotten himself a new love so when he's back there he's he's happy to be with his people again but also he's so happy to see her again and he wants to be with her again but she's not going to do that until he's able to help his people and potentially lift this curse that is uh, ruining their their woods their home uh and i found that storyline to be i i still find it to be uh, an interesting one I, i'm always i'm a sucker for love so I'm interested in fulfilling all of the the work that needs to be done so that he can finally be back with the 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 woman wolf, the wolf wolf that he loves. Uh and uh, that is something that I really appreciate about the game. It, it is part of what is a driving force for me to keep playing because I'm engaged and interested and invested in these stories and these characters. Uh because if it wasn't for that, I I wouldn't be as high on the game um because like i said the the stories are well written and they're well voiced they're not super original but they are well performing they're well they're well written um but the combat itself is solid uh you have your basic attack which is on the a button and then you have uh three mapped special abilities that use your mana reserve every uh one of your party members has a certain amount of mana and that regenerates over time so does health but that's very slowly um and there's no camera movement it's a locked camera and that's a bit frustrating in large part it's it's frustrating because i occasionally will move the right analog stick thinking oh maybe i'll move with the camera that doesn't happen and why it's frustrating is because the right analog stick does nothing all it does is you press it in and it allows you to lock on enemies. And I find this functionality to be rather useless. And I never need to use it. Even when I'm using a ranged character. So I would have preferred if that had either camera control on it. Even though I, I'm, I'm mentioning that there's no camera control. The camera is fine. I haven't run into any issues where it's like, oh, I don't know where I'm going. I can't see anything. Because it does the thing that you expect and would like when you have this situation where it's just, you know, you're if you're behind something that'll just disappear and you can see your character and everything um but there's no dodge there might be a block for characters that have shields but i have yet to use a character with a shield um so i would have liked it if that had a dodge because it just feels like there's not much defensive capabilities when i'm playing the game it's just very very action heavy and very offensive uh, not very defensive 
regardless of what character I'm using. Uh, and in and, and defense, it's just keeping space between you and the enemy if you're using a ranged character. If you're using a close-up character, then it just feels like, well, there's you're just screwed. Unless you have, I guess, the, the one way in which you can build up a defensive barrier is to actually create a defensive barrier. It's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this ability that gives me a shield for a period of time or whatnot. Um, so that is something that I think could have been added to make the experience a little bit better. Uh, inventory management is a pain in the ass. Uh, I really, really wish that when you were going through your inventory, uh, inventory, you could just pick items and be like, okay, this is junk, this is junk, this is junk. And then when you go to one of the uh, stores, you could just you know say, sell all my junk. I don't want all this instead of having to go through it one by one and be like, wait, was this junk or not? Um, that's just something that I think would have really made the user experience much better. Um, uh, it looks good. It's running on Unity. Animations are fine, but uh, it looks good. Good art style. Uh, runs well. I haven't had any hiccups where it like, slows down or anything, regardless of how many characters are on screen. I do think that in the Shadow Realm, sometimes combat feels a little weird because maybe half the enemies you fight in there are these ghostly figures and they when you hit them it doesn't feel like there's any impact it just they, they just sort of like disappear and there's no real sense that you made contact with them it, it's just a very unsatisfying bit of combat the rest of the combat is good though uh it is enemy wise very uninspired even the, the environments which is a bit of a knock but in in that sense i i feel like that's something I expect in all these types of games, I don't. I don't think you, uh, a lot of them usually do things outside of the box, and when they do, that's just a pleasant surprise. And like, oh, that's I, I like that you did that. But you know, a lot of the early game involves killing spiders, lots and lots of spiders, and then you'll be moved to scorpions and skeletons, and you know the wolf people, bandits. Um, in the shadow realm, there are some imps. There are occasional demons, which look kind of cool. Because uh, some of them are also like dinosaurs that are just the bones. Um, and like a bunch of flying little ghostly things that just, you know, disappear when you hit them. And it's a little bit <laughs> like whatever. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I'm i really enjoying it. Uh, you know, there are ways it could be better. I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to think, uh, I feel like there's something else I'm forgetting. But... I, I believe it's a you know around a 20 25 hour experience for one playthrough depending on how in depth you get with all the side quests I'm doing literally everything that I possibly can there was an annoying thing that I don't know what how it happened but there was a mission that I could not complete I I had to fail it because I couldn't get to the area before you get to an area to do this one thing before doing this other thing and then it just meant that that was going to fail and i i don't feel like i did something out of order or made a decision that forced my hand to not accomplish it and i was I, like part of that mission is still a bit, it's, it's just a weird little thing but it's just the one uh mission where that has happened but yeah, I think it's a fun little thing. The combat is solid. The game looks good. 
uh, and I've I've had more fun with it than other recent action RPGs like Titan Quest. Titan Quest was just a buggy mess that did not hold up at all. Um, and thinking of stuff like Victor Van Helsing or stuff like that, or uh, what is it? The no, there was Victor Vran. That was one of them, right? And then Van Helsing was its own thing. Those might have played a bit better. I think Victor Vron might have played better. Uh, Van Helsing always felt like it was just a bit off, but the story of Victor Vron didn't re- didn't really do anything, so I wasn't compelled to keep playing for that. Whereas you know, Shadows Awakening, I think, is definitely on on the the top tier in terms of story uh, in this genre that I think often doesn't have great stories because you know who cares about it you just want to level up and you get that grind and that loop uh diablo story has never done anything for me i love diablo it's probably my favorite in the genre uh but it's story-wise like a piece of trash um there's i just realized i don't know if there's co-op which would be guess disappointing but it's it, you know it never crossed my mind until just now when i'm thinking about oh a lot of these games have co-op does this have co-op i actually don't know um but yeah i'm i'm really enjoying it it's 40 bucks i believe and uh i highly recommend it for people who enjoy those types of games and if you want one that has a, a really solid story in it because uh, that's that's what surprised me the most about it i was like okay this will probably play well and all this and give me everything that i want uh, expect out of this genre but what is it going to do that might put it over other games and it's a story so most surprising of all it's the story that really uh has kept me interested um yeah so yeah there is that Uh, and that is pretty much all i've played um some things that i can't talk about just yet oh such a tease uh but i uh, before i end this here episode i want to talk about the dark knight rises because i decided to rewatch that just because i haven't seen it since it came out i haven't seen it since the theater and i remember really really disliking it and having rewatched it i one forgot a lot about it a lot of it was just like, oh, I forgot this happened. I forgot this happened. Uh, I forgot how great of an opening it had with the plane scene in Bane. And overall, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I really enjoyed the majority of it. I think the way it could, like, it's definitely the worst of the trilogy. But it's not bad, like I remember it being. The thing that I think could have made it a vastly superior movie would just be the removal of one character, Talia. She doesn't need to be in there. She is so lazily thrown in there. She just feels like, oh, we should have her in there just to have her in there. Or like, I don't know. It's just such a weird thing when the reveal happens. You're like, what? This this feels like a bunch of horse shit. You've been shoving all this other crap down at me. Out there. Like, It's not a good reveal. Um, it's a, like, are you serious with this shit? Are you serious? It was not, it's, it's a terrible reveal. Um, and just negates so much of what came before it. It's like, oh, so Bane isn't, Bane is just another thug. He's just 
a, a bigger thug with a mask who talks funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, why did Tally have to be in there? Uh, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman is good. I, you know, I, I still, I remember the first time I saw it, I was one of the few things that I had good to say about it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I still like him. I, I like the reveal. I like when it's like, oh, you should use a real name, Robin. I like that little callback, um, that little throwout to Robin. And I don't remember if I really care that he he survived in the end, and it didn't bother me this time. Really, just Talia bothered me. And I don't have a problem with his Batman voice, and even Bane's voice didn't bother me as much this time. Um, the only time I think Batman... Batman's voice doesn't work is when he's like trying to scream or be very intense because it sounds at the, at those points like he has a few cotton balls in his mouth. It becomes garbled. Like, rawr, rawr, rawr. Um, outside of that, it sounds fine. I mean, how do you want him to sound? He clearly, you know, he doesn't want to talk in his normal voice because he doesn't want to give his identity away, even though, you know, you just look at the jawline. He's like, okay. Anyone who knows Bruce Wayne is like, you look like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I can see Bruce Wayne and your your little jawline and your stupid lips. <laughs> but um yeah, he wants to put something on to mask his voice. How, what else is he supposed to do? Um outside of the cotton ball crap. But uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by it. You know, but it it just get rid of Talia, all those scenes. Get it, you know, what is that? You're going to cut out 20 minutes? It's like 2 hours and 40 minutes. It's way too long. But that's a lot of Nolan crap. Um, that was, you know, The Dark Knight Rises is the point where Christopher Nolan becomes a not great director. Uh, I think The Dark Knight Rises is his last quality movie, despite its issues. But like Inception, Inception is just a convoluted mess that needed a whole new script. It was a movie that was just exposition upon exposition upon exposition and then the occasional great set piece you know it's all this exposition to get to some really cool imagery some very cool effects but then the majority of the movie was just all this really excessive talky 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 and also Leonardo DiCaprio is a piece of crap he's garbage he ruins everything uh, recast him. That's another thing you could have done. Interstellar, I, I just could not get into that. I watched an hour of it. I could not finish it. Um, a big. Pro- I also, I really did not like the usage of. I believe it was Ken Burns's Dust Bowl. Uh, the interviews and stuff using that in the movie. It, that, uh, that just. I I was like, why are you doing this? I I haven't. I have. I I. No, why you're doing it, but why are you doing it? I don't like this. This is weird. Um, and then what was it? Dunkirk. Dunkirk was a movie that visually is incredible. I got it on 4K for like <laughs> eight bucks, I think, total. Uh, tax shipping, all that uh, on eBay. I was like, okay, I'll get it for the visual just to see all that stuff in 4K, but. What kills Dunkirk is, one, I think the structure of it, 
the decision to do these three things and the time stuff and all I, I, that just didn't work for me but maybe it'll work on me with a second view but i think a bigger problem with it is that there's no real emotional attachment to any of the characters um they don't have any like i wasn't emotionally affected by anything going on there were there were scenes where it's like oh i should care about this person and what's happening right here right i don't you're you've done a very poor job of making me care about these characters uh outside of maybe one or two but they follow so many um and harry styles or whatever is distracting because i see him as harry styles i probably wouldn't have been distracted if i saw the movie before he went solo and did his sign of the time song that i really like and i saw that video and him doing live performances and therefore i made him a much more prevalent uh person in my memory hmm? uh but yeah i've been the thing the weird thing about christopher nolan too is that despite being disappointed with his last what three four uh flicks films i am still like i will probably always be optimistic of what he does next and hopeful because he's done some amazing work and you know it's just a slump and of course i'm not in the majority of thinking that his stuff is not great since then but you know i'd like to see what he does next uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him take on uh, uh, a 007 movie. I'd like to see what that turned out to be. Uh, he could do that with Tom Hardy because he likes working with the same people. Or he could just... Maybe he should completely ruin 007 for everyone and kill the series by casting Leonardo DiCaprio as 007. That, oh my God, if there's if there is any way to just kill 007 as a franchise forever... It would be to cast Leonardo DiCaprio as 007. Jesus Christ. Um, I think that's a good place to end with that terrible thought in all of your heads. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Cusinez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, Monomilus, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I'm the Kush 3. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like crazy, kooky, colorful art, you can go over to pxsart.com and check out all of my art over there. And if you'd like to support the site in general, and I hope that you do with just a little bit, just an insy wincy tinsy binsy wincy. I don't what the hell did I just say? I don't know. You can go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us right there. And so I will now say 